welcome to Flying Blind Podcast. My name is Evita and here I will be talking about my own very unique journey and I hope to make you feel good about your own very unique journey. Today we will be discussing healthy relationships and what to look for in a healthy relationship. My hope is for you to listen today and to feel inspired to get out there, spread your wings and fly. previous episodes, we have discussed relationships, when to get out of relationships, how to identify energy vampires, toxic people in your life, but we haven't spoken about healthy relationships and what to actually look for and what you should have in a healthy relationship. So what does a healthy relationship look like? All of our family situations are different. Unfortunately, you might not have had great examples. Some people witness their parents having toxic relationships, negative relationships. Maybe you didn't even grow up with both of your parents. All of us don't have an example of what a healthy relationship looks like. So sometimes we do need to seek the advice from outside people and outside sources, professionals preferably, who can guide us and tell us what a healthy relationship looks like. Now, if you are in a relationship already, these are things to definitely work on in your relationship. And these elements that should be part of a relationship actually come from an article that I found on Psychology Today. And for me, the things that I want to talk about today really are non-negotiables. This article was written by Andrea Bonnier. She has a PhD and it is titled, What Does a Healthy Relationship Look Like? And here she discusses 13 signs to look for in a good and healthy relationship. I'm going to list these off for you, discuss them, elaborate on them a little bit, and give you my two cents as well. And I really hope that this will help you when you are looking for a relationship and could also help you strengthen a relationship that you are already in. Now, these elements definitely apply more so to romantic, committed relationships, but really can apply to many different types of relationships. They, for me, are requirements in a relationship. And to be quite honest, I really think that these should be the bare minimum in your romantic relationships as well. Number one is trust. And I know it seems really obvious, but you really do need to have trust in your relationship. It is needed to have a solid foundation. It is needed to build emotional intimacy, physical intimacy. And without trust, there's just so much more potential for hurt and disappointment. And trust, of course, is built. It's something that you constantly have to work on. Unfortunately, especially those of us that have been through multiple relationships and have been, whether it's cheated on, lied to, deceived, we are a little bit more cautious going into a relationship. Or if you're in a relationship where somebody has already broken your trust, it really is hard to rebuild. But it's something that is needed if you are going to move forward in a relationship and have it be a healthy one. And there are definitely a lot of things that you can do to build trust. You can even Google it. There are lots of things that you can uh, do as far as activities. And even just in daily life, you need to follow through with what you say you're going to do. You need to follow through with commitments. You need to show with your actions and not just talk. You need to walk the walk, as they say. And these are the things that are going to help it build and grow. You have to, like I said, follow through. There has to be fidelity. You have to know that you can count on your partner and they have to know that they can count on you. And this goes beyond just actions. You have to know and trust that you can be vulnerable and open and honest with your partner and vice versa. And you both need to know that you're not going to be attacked or shamed or made to feel negative in any way for sharing things that are hard for you to share. You need to be able to have that sort of open conversation and not feel afraid 
afraid. You must have this in order to build and to grow in many aspects of your relationship. There's, of course, the emotional side, the physical side, the spiritual side, all of that. Trust is needed to move forward in a healthy relationship. Number two is good communication. I definitely know a lot of people in relationships that have attributed a lack of communication or poor communication to their relationships failing. It really is a downfall for so many people. For some people, it's because they don't communicate what they should, such as even just, you know, if you're in a relationship and you are supposed to meet somewhere at a specific time and you just don't show up, you don't let the person know, that's poor communication. Even just things like that, little simple things like that can be a huge cause of frustration and cause for fights, cause for bickerments. Also, a lack of communicating and sharing feelings. That is a huge one too because a lot of times you end up being resentful because you don't communicate feelings or thoughts or ideas. You expect the other person to just kind of read your mind, which of course they can't, and you end up being disappointed or mad or sad. In order to get what you want in a relationship, you have to communicate. You have to talk. You have to express things. Again, you can't expect the other person to be a mind reader and you can't just expect for them to know what you want. You can't drop hints. You need to communicate. And I really think this is a huge one. And of course, this doesn't apply to every single relationship, but a lot of times females will, for example, want flowers, okay? And they just assume that a man should know that they want flowers. And so then they get upset that they don't get the flowers or they only get them on Valentine's Day. But maybe this guy in this relationship was previously with someone that didn't like flowers. Maybe she liked something else. So he doesn't know that you want flowers. So how is he supposed to do that for you? That's a silly example, but you have to communicate what you want in a relationship to get what you want out of it. You can't expect people to just be able to read your mind. And also the communication applies to deeper things as well. You need to be able to communicate your deeper wants, needs, desires, dreams, maybe things from your past that are hard to talk about. And people don't like getting uncomfortable. I understand. Nobody likes that. But in order to have a good relationship and in order to have a good understanding of each other, sometimes you have to go there. You have to communicate the things that are hard to communicate, especially if they are things that are affecting your relationship. It's really important to do this. Healthy communication will keep a relationship going and will really keep you from having a lot of conflict and really unnecessary conflict. Both parties in a relationship really need to express their wants, needs, desires. Communication really, truly is key. The next tip is patience. And we all are not perfect. I know I can be very impatient sometimes with certain things in my life. And everyone's level of patience is very different. Some people are just naturally much more patient than others. Some people have absolutely no patience and they need to work on it. And of course, there are other factors that come into play like stress, lack of sleep, health problems, etc. So we might get agitated or aggravated easily on certain days. It's just very natural sometimes to have less patience. But in a healthy relationship, both people have to do their best to exercise patience and give each other room and patience to do things, to learn, to grow, to stumble, to mess up because none of us are perfect. There will be days where your partner does something that you think is dumb, but you have to have the patience to help in whatever way you can. And sometimes that is doing some correcting, whatever. Of course, do it with love and do it with kindness. But you have to sometimes have the patience to just like let things fall apart and let things happen 
and vice versa. The other person needs to have patience with you as well. We all have to adjust to our partners and things constantly shift in life. Sometimes there are things that are out of your hands too. Like sometimes you get a flat tire on the way to work and maybe your partner calls you and tells you something that annoys you during that moment. It's not their fault. So you have to have patience. You have to have patience for the situation and you need to have patience with your partner. Patience really does go a long way and can really help to keep the peace. The next thing is empathy. In life, with anyone, and in general, it's good to put ourselves in other people's shoes, whether it's teachers, neighbors, your children, but it is especially important with your partner. You really need to try and understand their perspective, even when you disagree. And I know that is incredibly hard. But the important thing is to try to come to an understanding. And when you can be truly empathetic, then you can actually truly share in experiences together and become closer. Because if you can put yourself in their shoes, even if you don't agree, you can have a better understanding and you can actually support them and be there with them, share things with them in a much different and a much more intimate way that can be much more constructive. So I really believe that it's important to be empathetic with your partner. The next thing that's really, truly important in a healthy relationship is having affection and interest. What I mean by this is, yes, of course, there is the physical affection that we all think of, right? The the hugs and the kisses and that sort of thing. That goes without saying that, yes, you do need a certain level of that in a relationship. And everybody's level of affection, what they want, what they need is very different. And you do need to get to know your partner and figure out what it is that they need and make sure you give them that and vice versa. Me saying love and affection can be also in the form of interest in them, as in liking them, okay? Not just the physical attraction, the physical affection, but interest in them as a whole, okay? So liking them, you really should like who you're with and be interested in them and who they are, what makes them tick. Get to know them. Get to know who they truly are on a deeper level, not just on a surface level. Yes, you do activities together. Yes, I'm sure you're probably physically attracted to who you're with. But really, show interest in them as a person. What makes their heart sing? What sets their soul on fire? If you show genuine interest in a person, that really builds affection and you can actually build on the other stuff that's already there, the physical attraction that's already there. I don't know if this has happened to any of you guys, but there have been situations for myself and I've heard for many others that maybe when you first get to know someone, maybe you don't think they're the most attractive person physically, but the more you get to know them, the more interest you show in them, they actually become more physically attractive to you and it builds on the affection that you already have for them. When we come back, I will discuss the other elements that you should have in a healthy relationship. Hey everybody, this is Panchito and Mike, and you're currently listening to Flying Blind with Evita. We hope you enjoy it. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. Flexibility is another element that you need to have in a healthy relationship. Some people like structure more than others. Some people don't like structure at all. But when I say flexibility, I mean being able to kind of go with the flow because that's how life is sometimes. You can go with the flow and still have some structure in your relationship. 
Yes, we need to be flexible because life happens. Things come up that are difficult sometimes in life that we don't expect. So yes, we need to be flexible in those situations. But we also, in our relationships, need to be flexible with each other. There will be times that there are disagreements, bickerments, and you need to sometimes be flexible and meet the person halfway. It means sometimes having to make compromises and sacrifices. Of course, there are certain boundaries that you should never go over. You should never sacrifice your morals and your values and who you are as a person. But if you're having to do that in your relationship, then obviously your relationship is not a healthy one. But there are going to be some times that, again, you have to meet the other person halfway or maybe make a little bit of a sacrifice more than you want to. But that is part of the flexibility and it should go both ways. Sometimes you have to, sometimes the other person has to. It should definitely, though, not be one person bending over backwards or sacrificing something that is, you know, moral to them in some way. And flexibility is also letting the other person grow or even change their mind sometimes and going with it. I know that some people are kind of like that and people might think that I'm the type of person that changes my mind all the time and I kind of am. I like to do different things. So it is important that I'm with a a partner that allows me to be me and that allows me to kind of flow through life and change my mind about things. Now, of course, I'm never going to do it in a way that is detrimental to the other person, detrimental to my relationship or harmful or disrespectful. And of course, I always take the other person's feelings and life and everything into consideration. Yes, of course, you have to do that as well. But there needs to be a certain amount of flexibility in your relationship. And of course, the level of that is going to vary depending on the couple because some people really thrive off of something that's incredibly structured and some people don't. And that's okay. You have to find what works best for you, but for sure, some flexibility needs to be present. The next one is also so incredibly important. These are all important, but this is just really important to not only have a healthy relationship, but a happy, joyful relationship. And it is appreciation. It seriously goes a long way. Saying thank you and really not just showing it. Yes, it's great to give gifts and things like that too because some people, that's how they show appreciation. But it's also very important with the little things to verbalize it. And really, these are manners that we should all have anyway, right? When somebody does something for you, you should say thank you. When somebody goes out of their way, you should show some sort of gratitude to them. It's seriously those little things that make every day a little bit more pleasant and a little bit more joyful. I know when I do something for someone, it's not that I want this huge applause or anything like that, but everybody likes to feel appreciated. It's nice when somebody says thank you, when you've gone out of your way for them. And if somebody's gone out of their way for me, I want to make sure that they get the recognition and that they feel good about what they did. And it's very encouraging in a relationship. The more you show gratitude, the more that the other person is going to want to continue doing things. And it's not about tasks or keeping score or anything like that, but it just makes you want to do it. It makes you want to do things instead of dreading doing things. When you know you're appreciated, the task becomes completely different than when you do something and nobody even recognizes it. It's kind of a little discouraging and defeating to do something and nobody even cares. So show appreciation, verbalize it, even just cute little things like a little thank you note. Those things take no time and they go such a long way. And you can get creative with it, which is actually really cool too. There are plenty of ways to show gratitude and to say thank you to your partner. 
The next one is, of course, important, just like all the others, but you need to have room for growth in your relationship. There are no two people that should stay in the same place. What I mean by that is if you, say, met your partner when you were in your early 20s and you are now in your 40s, I would hope that you have shown some emotional growth, some growth in a lot of different areas of life. You should grow. You should mature. You should evolve as individuals and as a couple. And we all evolve and grow and learn differently and at different rates. But we need to allow for our partners to learn and grow. And yes, we help each other along the way. Of course, that's important. But we need to let them grow and learn at their own pace. You can't force these things. You can't make them learn how you learn. You can't make them understand things how you understand them. You have to give them room to be who they are and do all of these things on their own. Yes with some assistance if they want it, if they need it, and more than anything, with your support. This should definitely not be about control. It should be about allowance, allowing them to do what they need to do at their own rate and just being there as a supporting, loving partner. The next one that is incredibly important, and it is one that I heard my dad say to me a lot, especially once I started dating, was that you have to have respect in your relationship. He always said that this was one of the top things because once it's gone, it's never the same and it's so true. A lot of the times we associate respect with symbols of authority or institutions like maybe church or your boss or when you're a kid, your principal or your teacher. But it's even more important to have respect in your romantic relationships. And this is a partnership, okay? It's not the same, obviously, as respecting your boss or respecting your principal when you were a kid because a relationship is a partnership, right? It's not about who's boss and who's not. What respect looks like in a healthy relationship is valuing each other's thoughts and opinions and letting the other person speak when you're having a conversation and not belittling the other person or invalidating or condescending them. It means not bad-mouthing the other person or making disrespectful jokes or comments that make them look bad just so you can make your friends laugh. Things like that, those things are disrespectful and you shouldn't do them. You should protect and value your relationship and your partner and respect each other's privacy and not do anything to erode their trust. That is the biggest thing. You should not do or say anything to erode their trust, not only with what you tell other people, but erode their trust in the sense of them not feeling that they can tell you things and trust that you aren't going to disrespect them, belittle them, or make them feel bad about who they are, what they think, what they do, etc. So be respectful. It's incredibly important. Now, we're running out of time and I still have a couple. So I'm just going to run through these very quickly. But the next one is reciprocity. You should always reciprocate. And again, this can really get into the territory of keeping score or a tally and that's unhealthy. That is not at all what I'm talking about. It's more like, okay, I'm in this relationship and I want us to do things for each other because we want to, because we enjoy it and because it makes me happy to see you happy and it makes you happy to see me happy. So we do things for each other and we don't keep tally. We don't keep score. And it's also not only with tasks, like let's just say around the house, but it's also with affection. You know, when I give someone a kiss or a hug, I want it back. And it feels ugly if you don't get that affection back. And it can really lead to feelings of rejection. It can lead to feelings of hurt and pain. So it is important to reciprocate and to really do it because you truly want to. And that will help you build an even healthier relationship. 
The next one is healthy conflict resolution. And I think we all know this. And, you know, you got to fight fair because the truth of the matter is that no two people come from the same place or come from the same background. And it's normal and natural to have disagreements and conflicts. But it's important to not hide feelings, to sit and communicate. And this encompasses a lot of the things that I've mentioned already today. But yeah, you need to communicate, be respectful. And one of the things that I've heard, I'm sure you have too, is to never go to bed angry. And of course, everybody has their different styles of conflict resolution. Some people want to nip it in the bud right away. Some people need some time to think. You know, you got to find that middle ground. And you do that by talking, communicating, and really talking about, hey, if we have a conflict, like, how do you handle it? You need to communicate and actually figure out how you're going to fight when you fight. I know it sounds weird, but it's going to happen. So might as well just figure it out ahead of time, right? And the last one is individuality and boundaries. Obviously, if you're with somebody, you're compatible with them, right? And you have things in common and you have things that you enjoy together, but you are still individuals. And yes, you have a foundation that you have built together, but there are things that you still need to do alone. And you can still show interest in your partner's things and allow them to be individuals and to have healthy boundaries. And you do need that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can't do every single thing together. There still needs to be some boundaries as far as keeping your individuality because it's also not healthy to lose that. For example, I really enjoy makeup. Okay, so I might go to a makeup class. I'm not going to take my significant other to a makeup class. I mean, it's great that they're probably going to ask questions and I would want them to show some interest, but I want to go by myself or maybe with some girlfriends. There are certain things that I enjoy as an individual, um, but I'm going to set some boundaries. And of course, again, that's a sillier example, but you need to have those boundaries intact and uh, stay respectful and yes, communicate and share and all these things, but you do need to still remain who you are. You're listening to Flying Blind Podcast. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. Before I share a final quote with you, I would like to thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to listen to me on this episode of Flying Blind Podcast. I hope you took something positive away from listening to me today. I would love to get any feedback, suggestions, or ideas. And you can find me and reach me on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat at Evita Carrasco. That's E-V-I-T-A-C-A-R-R-A-Z-C-O. Also, remember to subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. Today's final quote comes to you from Fawn Weaver. Happily ever after is not a fairy tale. It's a choice. I really hope that you take this quote to heart, and I also hope that you join me on the next episode of Flying Blind Podcast. Until next time, stay blessed and be positive. <laughs>